0: Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee in the Corral. And yes, today I am in my beautiful corral with my beautiful horses. Zelenka is taking a nap out in front of me. She's about... I don't know, 40 feet away, and she's snoring. This horse snores. It's the cutest, most unique thing. She snores really loud too. Uh, and uh, my other horses are behind me eating leaves. So we are out of grass for this season. So they have gone transitioned into leaf eating. So <laughs> the leaves that fall off the trees, they they get right to work. So Anyways, and I almost forgot to say, I'm drinking coffee today. So, super excited about that. I have my coffee in the corral. It's a gorgeous day. Oh my goodness, there's hardly any wind. The birds are just happy to be alive. Dayo's laying down over there on the ground near me. Chickens are pecking, and I am feeling a bit nervous today, to be honest. Um I know I say nervous every time. Maybe okay, maybe nervous is not it. Heavy. I think I'm feeling heavy today. <sighs> I'm going to talk about some things that I've been unsure how to talk about. Um some parts of my story I haven't talked about because I've been just trying to really think about it and be very intentional and careful. I want to protect people's privacy of the people that I love and care about, and, um, there's other people that I do not care to protect their privacy that do not deserve to have their privacy protected, but, um, people I do, I'm going to be really cautious about that, so, um, uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit, backtrack, um, because in order for you to understand, I was going to say the end of my story. It's not the end, obviously, because I'm not dead. So, <laughs> But in order for me to bring you up to date in my life, I realized I'm going to have to talk a little bit about these stories um, that I have not known how to talk about yet. Um, in the village... When I was still in my 20s, I only had two kids at that point. They were little. Um, Nate and I were living with multiple families, <laughs> navigating that whole crazy, chaotic, toxic environment, and working our ass off to try to do the right thing, and... um It was actually in a really difficult household at that time. Things were just crazy already. Um, But my husband and I got a call from one of the leaders. And he asked to talk to us the next day. And it was really weird because he asked to talk to us during the daytime. So my husband had to take a day off work. And the companies that he worked for, the village companies, they never gave Vacation pay. They never gave, um, you know, like it, it wasn't like working for an actual company that gives you sick days and days off and paid vacation and like none of that. he He's never had that. So it was weird. He had to take the day off of work for this conversation and we both were nervous. We we're like, what the hell? This is going to be something because... They're making Nate take the day off work. So, um, you know, and for us, who was living on a very tight budget, husband didn't get paid very much, it was a big deal to take a day off work. So, anyways, this specific leader happened to be the youngest leader in the village. And uh, he sat us down. And basically, in a matter of of. Seconds told Nate and I that um, my dad, it had become there, something had come out that exposed my dad, and they found out he was a pedophile and he had been hurting people. This was very, very shocking to us extremely shocking like um, I had no idea Um, I knew looking back I knew ever since I was a little girl and and my mom that whole area of life like my mom started leaving to go to the meetings and my dad didn't want us to go and like I knew their relationship was terrible like uh, my dad slept on the couch a lot. I remember my parents fighting. And so I knew, even as a little girl, like things weren't right. And then as I got older, I just remember never feeling like um, my dad ever really loved my mom. I never felt like he really loved my mom. I felt like he was really nice to us kids for the most part. Like, you know, he acted like he was you know, nice towards us. He never really acted nice toward my mom. So I knew something wasn't right between him and my mom. I knew that their marriage was wonky. And one of the things I told Nate when he asked me to marry him, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but one of the very first things I told him is I will not marry my dad. And at that time, I didn't know why. I just knew something was wrong with him. Like I knew I did not want to be married to somebody like him. Even though like towards me, he was loving and you know, as far as like, he wasn't like a mean dad to me. But I just knew I did not want to be in a marriage like my parents' marriage. So when we got this news that he was a pedophile and been hurting people, I we were told, do not talk to anybody about this. You may not talk to anybody. They said, we are trying to protect the privacy of the people that he hurt. So, you're not allowed to talk about it. So, I had to go home to a house full of people and be a sobbing, crying mess and couldn't talk with anybody about it. So, I remember I just ran out to the horse pasture and I just cried and I just, I I remember I, um, I I ran out to the horse pasture, and like, it was this long, it was a good, I mean, we loved in 100 acres, so it was a pretty good run to the back of the field, and I remember I just went and like sat on a log, and was crying my eyes out, and I was just like, crying and yelling at God, and just like, what in the heck, like, oh my God, like, what's going on, like, why would you allow this to happen, and I was just crying and crying, and like, She's like, where are you in the middle of all of this? And all of a sudden I looked up and standing right over top of me was Shiloh. She had her her head right over me and her nose was almost touching my shoulder and I hadn't even noticed that she had come over. And the thing you got to know about Shiloh is, she, she's not one of those really personable horses that like when you walk in the crowd, she runs up to you and she's all friendly. She wasn't, she wasn't that style. I mean, she was nine when I got her, so she wasn't a baby. And um, she was a lead mare. So usually they're more like, they're more assertive and they're more bossy. And they're not the ones like Zell. She's very personal, but she's also the bottom of the totem pole. So she just like, follow you around like a dog. So Shiloh was not that type of horse that was just like, cuddle up with me. But she knew what I needed, and I just remember like I suddenly felt comforted in this it was dark, it was at night, I was out there by myself in the dark, and I just her presence was such a gift to me. It was like she knew she was intuitive, she knew what I needed. And I just remember I just grabbed onto her and I cried and cried and cried. And I felt like my whole world was upside down. And I was so hurt and so confused and so frustrated I couldn't talk to anybody. And they said, We're gonna deal with the situation. You're not allowed to talk to anybody. The leaders have it under control. We're gonna deal with it. So my mom separated from my dad for like, I don't know, a month or two maybe at the most. And then she ended up letting my dad come back and she came to me and told me in tears that God had told her to forgive my dad and that she was mercy. And so God had told her that she was mercy and that she needed to let him. And that he was sorry he had been talking to the leaders and he was repentant. And so she needed to let him come back. And the leaders and the, the young leader that had told us had specifically told her that she needed to let him move back in with her because that was what there were still, um, I think there were still one or a couple siblings at home at that time and That leader had told her that, you know, they need a dad. You need to let him move back. And he was an idiot, for one. He was way younger. He didn't even have older kids, and he didn't know anything. And I am angry as hell at the stupid advice given to my mother, but I'm also equally angry that she listened and that she of course forgave him and let him come back and I remember I was so mad when she told me that she was gonna let him come back Um, I cried I was like what the hell like what are you doing Like, this is a terrible idea and she just said no it's you know God has put forgiveness inside me and this is the right thing to do and just it's all that religious shit and here's the thing that makes me so utterly fucking mad Was the leaders, their pretense was, we're not, you know, don't talk about it because we're protecting these people's privacy. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't care a hill of beans about protecting their privacy. They, because if they did, they would have prosecuted him. He needed his ass in jail. And instead... They had meetings with him, and when he said he was repentant, they said, okay, let's let him back in. He's repented. These are the same leaders that put another guy in jail. That was a pedophile. That came out. That was a pedophile in the village. They put him in jail. And guess who at that time was a leader and put that guy in jail? My dad. My dad was the one that prosecuted that man. Yes. So it's so screwed up. Makes me so mad that they literally cared more about my dad than protecting the people and the children and. Everyone in the world from him. Like they could have done the right thing and put him in prison. And he would have had his ass in there hard and fast. But it didn't happen. All in the name of religion and God. He was allowed back to my mom. And life started over. And we were all supposed to pretend like everything was fine. And we were all supposed to forgive him. And I... Uh, remember having a conversation with my dad and I screamed and yelled at him and cried and told him that I was afraid to let him around my children. And he, of course, cried and said how sorry he was and how he understood how I felt that way and he didn't deserve love and all the other things he said that made people feel sorry and believe him. And I was just so angry. I was so angry. I felt like I was the last person to forgive him and I felt really bad about that because I felt like everybody else was very fast and like oh yay and I wasn't I didn't feel that way so over the next few years in the village I was terrified to have my dad around my kids but I also didn't feel like I had a choice I felt like you know Everybody was forgiving him and everyone was saying, look how much he's changed. And they would talk to me and say, look how much your dad's changed. And, you know, I felt stuck. But inside of me, every time he came around, I wanted to throw up. I wanted to throw up. I couldn't get it out of my brain. I struggled so bad, and I felt like the worst person ever because I thought, all you can think about is what he's done when he's around. And why can't you forgive and let go and move on? And I couldn't get it out of my brain. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I just struggled inside, and I blamed myself. You're a horrible person. You're not very forgiving. You're not loving. You know. And every time he came around, and I would even talk to Nate like, I would have a stomach ache. Like, I'm so scared. And, you know, Nate was also very well steeped in training. And he would say, you know, we just have to trust, you know. And, you know, he, he, him and I, Nate and I, more than anybody, had the most conversations and were the most straightforward with my dad about, you know, like what how we were, con what our concerns were and and um, so from our end we felt like we were working really hard to at least not put push it under the rug like we still talked with him about it and I would still tell him I'm nervous about this you know I don't want you know I wouldn't let him babysit the kids alone you know and so I would I was th- thinking that you know we it felt mean honestly but um i just i could not talk about it so nate and i felt like okay we're we're doing okay cuz we're nate nate would say it's okay cuz we're we're keeping it in the light you know like this is what we were taught, like keep it in the light and and we'll just keep talking about it whenever we get concerned and so but neither of us liked it neither of us wanted to do it we just felt stuck and so the next years anytime after that like the feeling never got better for me. I kept waiting to get over myself and feel better and feel fine because I wanted to believe my dad was changed. I wanted to believe it could be fine. But it didn't feel that way inside. I could never shake it. And then I would—I just blamed myself because that's what I was used to. Everything was my fault. And so I just wasn't a good enough person to see this. And I was just clinging to the past and holding it over his head and... That's what it just, all of that, I felt like, I just took it all on. And I, I'm so angry. I'm so angry because the people he hurt were not protected in anyway and they deserved it 100% they deserved for my mom to say oh my god and instantly divorce him they deserved that his ass would be thrown in jail on the spot in prison they deserved to be seen And taken care of. And protected. And they didn't get one shit of that. Not one. Not only that. But the people that he harmed. Like nobody helped them. Nobody said hey. Let's you know. Let them find counseling. And let's protect them. And nothing. Like nothing was done for those people. Nothing. And everything was done for my dad. It's so messed up so fucking messed up and I'm so angry about the injustice that was done and I wish to God that I had known better because holy hell had I not been blind and brainwashed and stupid I would have drug his ass to prison so fast. And I would have told everybody to fuck off. And I would have protected those people like they deserved it. So it's hard for me to even... Back to that because I didn't do anything either. And I regret that so much. And I know they say you don't know what you know until you know it, but I still regret it. And I'm still deeply, deeply grieving. The fact that I didn't step up and do what needed to be done. God. Anyways. I want everybody to know that... It was not a small thing. It was not something that should have ever been pushed under a rug. It was not okay. (sighs) And I know I can't go back in time and change history, but I'm a huge advocate now and I won't stand for that shit and I get so angry when I hear about the perpetrators being protected and and the victims not getting what they deserve and what they needed gosh okay Zolinka just loaded herself in the trailer. You might be able to <laughs> She's walking all around the trailer. Anyways, um So that that uh that happened early on, like I said when my kids were little and I only had two kids at that point and you know it was a very difficult season, but you know we did what we were taught to do try to try to forgive and move on, and I just had to cope with it basically, um, just try to figure out how to push it back in my mind as far as I could so it wouldn't haunt me all the time. But for a while, I couldn't hardly sleep. I couldn't hardly function. My housemates were like, what in the world? They, I felt so bad because they, they didn't know what was going on. And I just was like sobbing and crying, and devastated for weeks, <clears throat> months. Anyways, uh, there's also another important part of my story that I do not want to leave out because it, was also equally traumatizing and I'm going to be really careful to protect uh, people's privacy here. But um, also, when my kids were little, and this is around the same time, let me think, um, maybe a little bit after, must have been a little bit after, maybe within that year. Anyways, uh, a situation came out where we found out that one of Nate's family members um, had hurt one of my children. And I was livid. I was angry as hell. But we didn't know who it was at the time. I had some people I suspected. And so... And, uh, because the situation was when my children were so little, I couldn't really get information out. So I went searching all over the village to all the people that I suspected. And I had a really, really strong hunch that it was one of Nate's family members and, um, So that was the first place that Nate went and talked to his dad and had a conversation and told him what we were thinking and feeling and his dad said he'd look into it and we talked to a bunch of other people and I remember I spent months going around fine tooth combing trying to talk to all the people that I thought possibly (sighs) and I mean we're living in a village with hundreds of people and we were together a lot so it was like oh my god it was like looking for a needle in a haystack but i really had this strong urge that i that it was one of nate's family members well his dad said he looked into it and then he told nate that uh, it wasn't what we had suspected nothing had happened so it must not be that so i went looking elsewhere over the next two years i couldn't figure it out i couldn't figure out who did it I was so angry. I spent so much time crying and talking to people and talking to uh, other parents, even that had kids, my kids' ages, and like trying to just, oh my God, just to nail it down. And it was so, it was probably some of the worst parenting years in my life because it was so frustrating I felt like I couldn't I couldn't figure it out but I knew something horrible and terrible had happened and I couldn't figure out who did it and it was just oh my god I it was extremely frustrating anyways it ended up coming out and it was exactly who I thought it was And it was one of Nate's family members. And so he went back and confronted his dad. And wouldn't you know it, his dad denied it. And said that it was not that family member. Because he had talked to them. And that person said, no, it wasn't them. And so he chose to believe. That perpetrator. Over. The truth. Of the victim. So... The child had came out with who it was and that person denied it. and So his dad believed that person over the victim who was at that time a little child. (sighs) And I had so much anger in me because... And I felt so bad for being angry, but I was so angry. And I remember talking to Nate, and I was just yelling and crying and angry. Like, oh my God, why would someone believe the perpetrator over the victim? Like, this makes no sense. And it was like, it was like, we, I remember we we talked to some leaders about it. And try talked to some other people like, what do we do? Because our only thing that we had known to do with this situation was to forgive the perpetrator like that is that was our only tools and so you know people were like well you know they just you just I I don't even remember I, I honestly just remember like nobody would help us nobody would support us Nobody said, hey, like, this is a this is a problem. You need to take this person to, uh, you need to turn them in to the police. You, like, nobody said any of that. It was just all about God and forgiveness. And so, only thing we knew to do was to make this person say they were sorry. And so, basically, Nate forced them to. And they relinquished. But all the while... Nate's dad and mom were still not believing and supporting and dealing with this situation. They were still believing the perpetrator over the victim. And so the the best that we felt like we knew to do was to force that person to say they were sorry so that the victim would feel would know. I mean, as a little little kid, would know this was wrong and it wasn't okay what was done to them. But and and, and this is another area that I I can barely even talk about because I'm I feel so angry. That we didn't deal with the situation properly. A person should have been in jail. And the only thing we needed to do was to make them say they were damn sorry. I can't tell you how much pain I have. For what my children have had to go through. Because of our stupidity. I, I don't even have words. I have a lot of regret. So, <clears throat> these are things, and you know, at that time, as young parents, like we were, so stinking naive. You know, I never learned anything about trauma. i say I didn't even know what a pedophile was until they explained the term. Like it was so dumb. These are things that are so hurtful to kids that affect them the rest of their life. It's not something you take lightly. It's not something you brush under the carpet. It's not something you say you're sorry for. Like these are people that need to be in jail. And never be around kids again, ever. And honestly, I really wish I could throw the leaders in prison forever for their the role that they so actively played. For sure. And the way that Nate's family handled this situation was awful absolutely awful they should be in prison for their behavior along with all of the perpetrators I mean just were horrible to enable people like that and live in such willingness to to push things under and to not look at the truth for whatever reason too hard for them I guess I don't know Anyways. I'm going to end there today. Um. Uh, God. Those are important. They're hard. Very hard parts of my story. But they're important. Because. The good news is. Eventually. We were knocked. Out of the coma that we were living in and we realized how horrible the cult was and how horrible these situations were and how we needed to change. So I think the next part of my story I'll, I'll, I'll get to talk about um. How we no longer live that way. Think that way. And the changes that we have made. And the things we have done. And it has caused a lot of loss in our life. Of people and relationships. But you know what? I don't need those relationships. And I don't need those people anymore. I don't need that shit in my life. Because it's horrible. And all it brings is pain. Pain. So to anyone out there that is struggling with letting go of toxic relationships, let go of them. There is better for you. You deserve better. God. And I think it's important for me to tell you these parts of my story because Here's the thing that's important to me is that these people are exposed. They need to be exposed. They need to be dealt with and they need to, it needs to stop being covered up. I'm sick and tired of that. I'm sick and tired of, of these people getting protected and the victims being the ones that get hurt and not protected. So I didn't want to hide these parts of my stories because even though they're so painful and I have so much I regret about it. I also think it's important that that it ends this this cycle of pretending like everything's okay and pushing it under the rug and the victims hurting and hurting and hurting. And nobody's standing up for them. And the victim's not having a voice. Like that's not happening in my world anymore. So I will talk about these things. Because I want those victims. Whoever it is that's listening. I want you to know that you deserve the best. You deserve the best. And if you didn't get that when you were young. You can make the choices to get it now and to stay away from all of those toxic, unhealthy people. All right, I'm going to be done ranting and raving. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) These things are so important to me. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to be sorry. These are important things to me, and I believe they're important for the world. No more hiding. No more protecting the stupid pedophiles. And the people that enable them. Thank you very much. It's not just about the pedophiles because there a lot of people had a a chance, an opportunity to put those people's asses in jail, and they didn't. So they are to blame just as much. Let me make that very clear. I love you all. Dave's come over here. Whenever I cry, he comes running over and Sits and lays down by me so I can pet him. I love animals. Isn't it amazing? Animals and nature—how they just they come to our rescue. I hope you have a good week. Happy Halloween! Oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot it was. On. I forgot I was recording a Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope you guys have a a fun day. Kids and I, and Nate and. My partner we're all going to dress up tonight and uh do something fun for the kids. So, we're excited to we're excited to do something fun together. Yeah. Anyways, all right. I got to go. My nose is running. <sighs> I'll see you guys next week. Love you. If I wrote it in a song, would you believe it more? If I busted at the lock, would you open the door? If I dare to speak my truth, would you still value me? If I reach my hand to you, would you reach it back to me? There's no reason why you should have to hide Step out into the open air And claim your freedom waiting there